So stop seeing failure as a negative thing that inhibits you from moving forward. It does quite the opposite. Your failures give you better insight into how to improve and be better moving forward. Failures are the greatest internal gift that we can give to ourselves, as long as we learn how to appreciate them. Hello, and welcome to The Expat Therapist, the show that helps wanderlust women prioritize their mental health and live their best lives abroad. I'm your host, Arielle Roberts, a licensed clinical therapist and a fellow expat. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips, insights, and real-life conversations with inspiring women who are making the most of their international adventures. Whether you're a seasoned expat or just getting started, this podcast is for you. So grab your journal, Get cozy and let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. I am finally back in my OG country and state, and so far, so good. Traveling is very exhausting. I made the drop off with my son, so he's now spending his entire summer with his dad. I love that he's able to still be immersed in the American culture and spend time with family. It's also good for me because I get to spend a lot of my time focusing on the material that I get to bring forth to you all and spend some more time focusing on myself. My husband's coming in next week to spend some quality time with my side of the family, so I'm really excited for that. I'm already loving the summer vibe. I also just started back working at my old job as a bartender. It's one of the things that I absolutely miss the most since being in Spain. Bartending was one of those jobs that I genuinely did just because I loved it. It was a great way to make money, but also a great way to socialize and connect. And for me, simultaneously, I got to use some of my therapeutic skills there as well. I remember when I graduated from the University of North Carolina, go heels, I was working at a chain restaurant and I felt like I needed something more. I, um, I knew I loved the warmth and I wanted to stay on the East Coast of the United States. So I took out a map of Florida put it up on a wall and I threw a dart at it and wherever it landed was where I was planning to move in two weeks. So I went into work and I put my two week notice in and I worked double shifts consistently for those next two weeks. And at the end of my final double, I packed up my tiny Ford Focus that I had attached a hitch to in order to connect a trailer and I drove nine hours down to the city of Tampa. I had no place to stay, no job, nothing. I figured I would just make it work once I got there. And I did. I found an apartment that would be ready the next day, and I transferred to that same chain restaurant, which is actually also where I met a lady at a table that I was serving who actually helped me get my my first big girl bachelor degree qualifying job, which was working at a 24-7 residential home for foster kids. Super great experience. The pay was decent, especially for a first job out of college. And there were a lot of opportunities to move up through the company, which I absolutely loved. Funny, now thinking back to this job, I left because I found out I was pregnant and I didn't have a support system. Go figure. Support is such a vital part of the human experience with or without living abroad. So this is one of my many are you insane moments that I've had in life, but completely loved because it helped build my confidence and my resilience. 
of course, I heard many, many no's during this time, but it just further motivated me, mainly because I had no choice. I had to figure it out. But I was there in Tampa for a little bit less than a year, because once I found out that I was pregnant and didn't have a support system, I made the independent decision to move forward with my pregnancy and go back to North Carolina. Um, I knew I was going to need some type of village to help me. So, you know, where my my friends and I had some family members as well living there, I just I just went back. I transferred back to my, my old restaurant job and I found a job working at a daycare. So I could be a part of my son's life even in the early stages as he would be going to work with me. So it was a win-win. So I give you all of this background to discuss the ups and downs of work and life. All of this happened for me even before I became an expat. So I want to emphasize that when beginning a new job, a career, or anything work-wise, honestly, it can just be completely stressful and overwhelming. Full of roadblocks and barriers, some that are going to be work-related and others that are not. So this remains true even when starting a new job in a new country or even just adjusting to a current familiar position while learning how to also live abroad. So here I am once again to remind you of the importance of prioritizing your mental health well-being while navigating the different challenges that you might come across when you are abroad. So while you're working abroad, challenges can include, but are not limited to, cultural adjustments, language barriers, social isolation, work-life balance, discrimination and prejudice, career uncertainty, or financial pressures. Of course, the main part of prioritizing your mental health is to be mindful of these potential challenges and to recognize them when they do arise. This is simply because we can't fix something we don't know needs fixing, right? So if, if we have a chair that is breaking down, but you don't quite know yet that it's breaking down, you are gonna keep using it, sitting in it, as you would any other day or any other chair. And when you notice that it begins to wiggle or, or squeak, then you might know that it needs some taking care of. Once you are mindfully aware that it may be unstable, you treat it differently. Maybe you sit in it less often or you remove it from the table so that others also use it sparingly. Maybe you take out some tools to fix it yourself, grab some WD-40, or set up an appointment with your favorite handyman to figure out what the issue is before it grows to be a larger problem and can no longer sit at your table. Our mental health is very similar in the sense that when you are mindfully aware that your mental health is beginning to wiggle, you can begin implementing appropriate measures to take care of it. So if you catch your mental health struggles related to work, or anything really, at the beginning stages, we can take proactive steps to watch over and manage. Steps such as seeking support, and this could be from colleagues or just anyone in your support system, a mentor, or a leader in your company, you can build some social connections within or out of your company, engaging in self-care practices, which could mean taking some time off work or seeking professional help when needed. Once again, here there is never any shame for asking for professional help. If y'all remember during the beginning episodes, I talked a lot about my adjustment. I was already doing virtual therapy before I made my move to Spain. So I thought it would be an easy no-brainer adjustment for me here. In some ways, it was. In other ways, it was still really difficult. I found myself dreading 
doing any work when I recognized that I was also not well mentally with my environmental adjustment. This is something I spoke on and worked through with my therapist. During the culture shock stages, I realized that my comfort and my regular life is highly influential in my work life. When that dreadful feeling came, I realized that my inconsistency in a routine at home and my personal life was at fault. So I began to schedule things really differently. So for me, I was also working with a time change. So at the beginning, I was adjusting to working with those on the Eastern time zone and I was in the um, Central European time zone. So there was a, or is a six hour difference. I became more available earlier in the mornings. So like a 7 a.m. Eastern time would be 1 p.m. my time. And so that was also before my son would get home from school. So I would work until it was time to get him And then I would take a break from work for the most part until about 4 p.m. Eastern time, which would be 10 p.m. my time in Spain. 10 p.m. was also my son's bedtime. So this gave us a little bit more structure with the bedtime routine as he really needed to be in bed or on the brink of sleeping by that time to ensure that my work wasn't interrupted. Unfortunately, I still have many clients who work until late and can't be seen earlier, or I have children who are on a school schedule which means that there are some clients that I would see at like 7 p.m. Eastern time, which is 1 a.m. my time in Spain. So I would have some nights where I'd be working until about 2 a.m. And this would, of course, prolong my bedtime, meaning I wasn't really falling asleep until around 3 or 4 a.m. Not going to lie, this is still my schedule. However, I was able to work it out so that morning drop-offs would usually be done by my husband or someone who was a part of our support system so that I can be asleep and rested on those work days. So this is a schedule that I will have to switch up again to gain more clarity and my routine moving forward, but for the time being, it remains. So I say all of this to emphasize the changes that might need to be incorporated into adjusting to work. This is working across cultures and time zones, right? So each of us have a completely different story. This is just mine. With my time zones, I had to make sure that it worked well so that I was finding a good work-life balance. So work-life balance is something we're all super familiar with, but maybe we're unsure of how to implement. Work-life balance is something that I highly emphasize being a priority when working and living abroad. Finding a healthy balance between professional and personal lives become really crucial. This helps in so many ways, such as, one, stress and burnout reduction. Personal time and activities, they allow you to recharge, relax, and engage in self-care. This in turn is going to help prevent burnout, fatigue, or other negative consequences of chronic stress on your mental health. So many unique challenges come our way when we're adjusting to a new country and balancing work and life. A lot of physical and mental exhaustion, as evidenced by my time change story. Once I was able to implement a six-hour break between my kid pickup and kid's bedtime, I saw a complete change in my energy levels and my passion for the job returned. Two, enhanced well-being. Enabling ourselves to prioritize physical and mental health, maintaining positive relationships, and engaging in activities where we feel fulfilled and happy helps increase our overall well-being. When we feel satisfied and content in our personal lives, our mental health improves. Have you ever noticed a correlation between when your mental health is spiraling or down in literally every other aspect of your life? 
there is that saying that says, you know, if you want to know how well a woman is doing mentally, just look at the organization of her purse. I would probably fail this test every single time, but maybe that also means I need to refocus on my mental health again. Number three, family and social relationships. This is something I absolutely love about Spain. As I've mentioned before, they don't live to work. They live to enjoy life and spend time with family and friends. So if we learn to reconstruct our thinking on the relationship that we have with our work and our personal lives, we will find ourselves shifting to committing to more quality time with family and friends and nurturing those connections. So with the healthy balance of the two, we foster stronger emotional support networks, which if you've been following along to anything I've been saying in these episodes, I have to once again emphasize the importance of a support network. This also leads to reduced feelings of isolation and loneliness. Number four, increased productivity and performance. So in my moments of frustration with the adaptation and new environment, my therapy notes were overwhelming. I was itching to be done with a client and then I would be so unmotivated to complete the note. And before I knew it, I had like 50 plus notes in my to-do list, which also means I'm not getting paid on time as each note triggers a submission to the insurance company or the payment method. So if you balance well and create a routine and a schedule, as I now have, it's a breeze to be able to finish whatever it is that you need. So for me, finishing my notes up front, it left me more time to feel energized, focused, and productive in my professional role and in my personal life. So last week we talked a lot about resiliency. This ties into how we can better manage and create a more positive work-life balance. It's a skill that's needed to help us manage, change, and embrace cultural differences which go hand in hand with essential skills for expats in the workplace. So furthermore, I've created a list of techniques and practices that have worked for me personally and many of my clients. This will also help you better navigate work-life challenges effectively and will also benefit you and your mission to establish a better work-life balance. So one, cultivating self-awareness. This is how you build resiliency. You have to be aware of your internal self. Take the time to understand who you are, what are your strengths, limitations, and triggers. Recognizing what you're feeling or your thoughts and your reactions reactions and actions, this is cueing us back to that CB triangle. And so by creating such awareness, you will be able to respond to challenges in a more adaptive and constructive way. Number two, coping strategies. These are obviously different for each person, but usually when working with my clients, I encourage them to review past social experiences or maybe they felt they were in another mental crunch where they were able to successfully get out of and we recall the tools together that were used to bring them back to a more positive state of mind. So what has previously worked for you? Coping strategies could be physical exercise, journaling, seeking social support, or even just engaging in new hobbies that bring you peace and joy. And if you're unsure, let's explore that. Experiment a little bit with different techniques and find what works best for you with managing stress and adapting to your change. Number three, 
Embrace a growth mindset. This is something we haven't talked much on. So what is a growth mindset? It is taking challenges and seeing them as opportunities to grow instead of a negative challenge that seems impossible to overcome. You can do any and everything that you set your mind to. And honestly, you already have. Think of all of the things that you have set your mind to that have come true. Once we learn to apply this to everything, to understand the changes, the cultural differences, and accept them as a part of your expat experience, we will thrive. So approach these challenges with curiosity, open-mindedness, and a willingness to adapt. Setbacks are learning experiences. In order to move forward, you have to learn, and in order to learn, you have to fail. Sometimes at least. So stop seeing failure as a negative thing that inhibits you from moving forward. It does quite the opposite. Your failures give you better insight into how to improve and be better moving forward. Failures are the greatest internal gift that we can give to ourselves, as long as we learn how to appreciate them. Number four, increase and foster your cultural intelligence. This is the understanding, adaptability, and appreciation of cultural differences. You moved for a reason, and you stayed for a reason as well. Why not figure out a way to make the absolute best of every ounce of difference that we have? After all, those differences are probably a huge reason as to why you decided to move and stayed true to the move. So engage in cross-cultural communication. Actively listen and show respect for the diverse perspectives Build relationship with colleagues from different backgrounds. This enhances collaboration and it creates a more inclusive work environment. And this leads us right into strategy number five, which is practicing effective communication and seeking support. Both of these we've talked a lot about in our episodes and I just furthermore emphasize how important it really is. Be open and transparent when expressing yourself your thoughts, concerns, expectations, and actively listen to others. Cultivating empathy and sensitivity in turn is going to help foster better relationships. So in conclusion, prioritizing resilience, managing change, and embracing cultural differences are essential for the well-being and success of expats in the workplace. By cultivating self-awareness, developing coping strategies, and fostering that growth mindset, we can navigate the unique stressors that we might face. Embracing cultural intelligence and effective communication fosters inclusive work environments and it helps strengthen those relationships with colleagues from diverse backgrounds. As expats, we have the opportunity to grow, learn, and expand our horizons. So I just want to say to whoever is out there struggling with your mental health and recognizing its effects on your workplace mentality, that it is okay and you will learn how to turn it around to benefit you in the best ways possible. I am already so proud of you and your growth. Just keep doing what you're doing because by listening to this podcast alone, I already know that you are on the right path to set yourself up for the utmost success you are already a lot further than you think you are. And today's expat exploration question is just for 
you. So tell me how you can incorporate one practice or technique discussed in this episode to enhance your resilience and well-being in the workplace as an expat. Thank you so much for listening in to the Expat Therapist Podcast. For more tips and material, head over to my website at globaltransitions.co or my Instagram at the Expat Therapist. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for more insights and inspiration on thriving in your global transition. I hope you are leaving feeling even just a little bit more empowered. And remember, There's never a good time, so just go all out and do it now.